Welcome to Remembering What Matters Most, a podcast exploring what it means to live our lives based on what is most important. I'm your host, Susan McNamara, and today I'm with Patty Mari, friend and fellow educator. Welcome, Patty. Thanks, Suzanne. Great to be here. Great to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Always enjoy our conversations. We just finished recording Patty's podcast, and this is always a time when we get to catch up and have interesting and deeper conversations, which I really appreciate a lot. I love it too. Usually I'm listening to other people's podcasts because I love podcasts, so Mm. it's nice to actually get to talk about what I think and what we think and... Yeah, and I think, you know, whether you're listening or, or we're here doing it, for me, it's just is always this time for us to hone in on things that, that are important to us and to have the conversations and kind of flesh them out a little bit more. And I personally really relish that kind of thing in a world where I think sometimes we're often moving really fast or we're just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard sometimes to get to the deeper issues under those circumstances. Yeah. And we don't always know the answers and some of these things might even be unanswerable, but it's nice to chat about them, talk about them, delve into them, pick them apart. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I could keep going. Yeah, no, I I, I couldn't agree more. And that's just a great segue into what I want to talk about today is that whole concept of something maybe being unanswerable or maybe even being beyond us. And oftentimes that's the view that I take with the technologies that we have right now that so new to us and still so much we as a species in the process of trying to figure out how to handle them, how to be with them, you know, especially around our kids, how much is too much, when should we be doing it, when should we not be doing it. And I often find that people want specific answers. Mm. And Sometimes there are specific answers, but what I think and what I see more often than not is I think that much more of this is beyond a specific answer, like almost unanswerable. Like you were saying, you know, when somebody says, well, how many hours should I let my kid be in front of a screen? And certainly we can look at things like what the American Academy of Pediatrics would say for every age and they have Mm -hmm. their numbers below this age, you know, below Mm -hmm. two, nothing, two to five or six, you know, one hours from six to 18, two hours. I mean, and you can imagine right now that's being blown in terms of how many hours, right? Our Mm. kids are in front of a screen. Yes. And I think that we can get ourselves kind of a little bit crazy trying to either figure out what the answer is or match up to the answer. And so for me, one of the things that always helped in terms of with my own kids and then as I step forward with other people is to help us find ways to connect deeper somehow, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's our own values Mm -hmm. or kind of the end game, what it is that we want for our kids. And I ran across this quote that I want to share and then use that as our jumping off point today. And it comes from Plato. And he says that love is simply the name for the desire and the pursuit of the whole. Mm. So love is simply the name for the desire and the pursuit of the whole. And interesting. Yeah. And it's been kind of rattling around in my mind, this idea about the pursuit and the desire for the whole. And I've been thinking it about it in terms of us as human beings and our wholeness. Mm. And what does it mean to be whole? And right. 
Like, what do we need by way of supports? And for us as yoga teachers, this is a massive um, uh, aim, let's say, of the yogi is a return to our inherent wholeness. wholeness. Yes. And so when you're asking about how many hours should my child be on a device, what you really should be saying is, I think this is what I hear you saying, is how can I best help my child to be a whole person? You know, what do they need to be healthy and whole? You know, do they need time outside with fresh air? Do they need time just chilling in their room? Do they need, you know, building um, Legos? Do they need time with family, with friends, with grandparents who can teach them, you know, lasting lessons? And I, when I teach my students at school and I am a library technology teacher, you know, there's a whole computer science um, arm that talks about balance. Mm. And I talk to kids about this. I had one kid who had his whole day scheduled out. And I mean, the kid was doing amazing things. He's, he's going to be president of the United States someday. I couldn't believe it. From 6 to 6.20, you know, he works out. From 6.20 to 6.40, he, I don't even know, he had his whole thing planned out. And it included hardly any technology. Mm. And he's a really good kid. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that that this is kind of one of the things that we've been up against is there's there's been this idea about or this assumption that there has to be technology in kids' lives and it has to look like this. And for me, that that argument has always been backwards, that I've just always felt like we need to first look at what makes for a whole kid, what makes for a healthy, happy, satisfied human being, and then we see when, where, if, around how the technologies factor into that or don't factor into that because it's funny, you know, when you're saying something being unanswerable, you're talking about like even like how we pose a question. Mm. And so either if we don't pose a question or we don't pose the right question around what our kids need, it's going to take us down the wrong path. That's so, true. For me, I'm always trying to come back to like, what is it at its most basic at the heart that we as human beings need in order to thrive and in order to be whole? Because if you look at, you know, I certainly know this in my life and I know conversations with you, you know it in your life, that when we as human beings feel less than whole, it sets us up for a lot of misery. It Mm. sets us up for heading in the wrong direction a lot of times and especially what you get in childhood if you get things in childhood that kind of get you going in a less than whole direction you don't actually know that that's at play in you Mm, for for many many years Mm -hmm. I, I don't know about you I mean we've had enough conversations on this but like I was well into adulthood before I started to you know really look back at certain things and think oh my goodness, that is not a belief system or a way of being that I want to keep on with. But as a kid, 
whatever you get, you just think that that's the norm. And so we're living in a world right now where as the kids are coming in, they're not seeing it as the norm to just go outside and play all day. They're not seeing it as the norm to be face-to-face in communication with friends or to just be zoning out in your room and doing nothing. So when we're talking about this pursuit of wholeness, one of the things that I always come back to is this is something I think about every day. I mean, I have a daily practice. I think about this stuff. I write about it. I teach about it. And I can't believe how gosh darn hard it is. Mm. It's really hard. Maybe to... maybe that's because it's so individual, though. I mean, what's going to make me a whole person is going to be really, really different than what's going to make someone else a whole person. And maybe, you know, an hour a day of technology or screens is okay for me when I mix it up with all these other activities it makes me a whole person I don't know maybe it's just so individual yeah it's interesting you're saying that to me I'm just kind of letting that all sift in but I agree with you about the other thing too because it wasn't until I was in my 20s in college living with other kids my age in this house we rented a house together that I realized how miserable I was (laughs) in relation to these other people and it was just because that was our family kind of dynamic in my childhood right and feeling less than whole was the the norm or the set point or whatever and right and And not having the tools to deal with it Right, not having the tools and also, too, not having an accurate reflection because when you're in your family and if there's a level of less than wholeness, whatever the degree is going on, that's what you're getting reflected back. So you you don't even get a healthy reflection to say, hey, wait a minute. But then, because I had the same experience, then you step outside of your family system and you start to recognize that other people have done it differently. And that's one of the things that sometimes I'm super concerned about with the kids and the technology is, is there going to be a clear reflection to be had anywhere? Because in some ways, a lot of very abnormal things have been normalized. And so is there going to be any place that's going to be reflecting back to you that to seek your wholeness, for instance, across how many followers you have or how many likes you're getting or how many um, people comment on a picture or something that you posted. Like if you're just insulated in that world or I I just even saw, I was was going to start my wood stove before you came over and I was putting newspapers in there and I looked down and there was like on the front of whatever was telling you, whatever the TV shows or whatever, it said something like, you know, binge worthy shows. (laughs) And And it was just one of those things that made me stop again and pause and be like, this message and many like them are all over the culture that there was a time when that word binge actually was a word that you wouldn't necessarily say out loud, right? Whether it was like binge drinking or binge eating, you sort of kept that on the right. On that the was a secret. It was a secret. Yeah, you damn know? that Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Well, and now though, the whole thing of things being binge worthy is kind of like this funny thing that we do when we bond together so much so that it's yeah. even like a headline in a newspaper. So that for me also speaks to what I'm talking about is, what's going to happen if there are no clear reflections? If like binging on something all the time 
is just the norm and it's what everybody's doing. And then you don't even recognize that that's actually sucking the life force out of your very life. And, and this isn't to say, and I just want to be super clear about this. This isn't to say like, you're bad or you should never binge on Netflix or something like that. No, it's like when it becomes your life, when it Mm. becomes what you do day after day, because you just can't be in the real world. You can't be with yourself for one reason or another. Mm. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I'm guilty of that at times myself. We all are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny. I was reflecting on this the other day that I can't believe that when I grew up, we had to wait a week between (laughs) episodes of our favorite TV shows. Yeah. And now it's just like the whole season's up and you can just go through a whole season. You could do it in a night. I know people who have. (laughs) Or you you didn't have access to the prior seasons, right? Like I I know at a certain point they started to do reruns. And so again, how nice on the one hand Mm. that if you missed a show or you missed a season that you can find your way back into it again, but then how problematic, like you're saying that you can pick any show now and you could go through all the seasons of something and to the exclusion of your wholeness, to the exclusion of being outside. You know, you and I were just having the conversation about being out and and snowshoeing or cross-country skiing and how many of us are missing those kinds of experiences because we're wrapped up in binging you know on something across the screen yeah I think just having a whole life means that we keep our we keep everything in balance and we realize that having a conversation with somebody um you know, getting physical activity, all of these things are what make us whole. Yeah. And yes, we have our devices. We love our devices. We have our, you know, televisions, <laughs> our, our widescreens and stuff like that. But yeah, and sometimes we have to pull ourselves away from those things. But yeah, I really, really believe in a balanced life. I like to, I notice at school where I work and I see lots and lots of children. I think I've taught like 1,200 kids over the course of my career. And I notice that the families who are more balanced and expect their kids to, you know, work a little harder academically are just the kids who are way more well-adjusted. They're, you know, it's easier for them to communicate with adults, um, they're excited when a new project um, is introduced. You know, they have more friends. Mm. It really is. There's so many benefits for having children like that and not just somebody who their main thing in life is Minecraft yeah. or Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as you're talking, again, it kind of brings me back to this whole idea of... Um, you know, instead of like do these five things or don't do these five things. And sometimes that that can certainly be a ton of value. Like I certainly could spend a lot of time talking about why it's not a great idea to let your kids, you know, consume violence across the screen, mm. right? <laughs> like mm. that that one's a thing unto itself. But yeah, when you're thinking about what it is that reminds you of your wholeness, like what do you do in that regard? 
I mean, I, I really like to move. I really like to move every single day, whether I'm doing yoga, let your yoga dance, which is my new, the new class that I'm taking right now. Or I get outside on my skis, I cross country ski, I snowshoe, I'll walk in the winter, I have to move. Mm. Um, I do spend time on the computer. Usually I'm emailing or I'm writing. Um, I love to talk to people though too. I, I like a, an old fashioned phone call. Whatever happened to an old fashioned phone call, just hearing the sound of somebody's voice. Um, and spending time with my friends and family. Mm. And I love to cook too. So, and food, yeah. you know, all these things. And I, I feel like also my house, like I like my house to be a certain way and be welcoming and warm. Yeah. Those things. And, you know, my yoga practice and my mindfulness practice really is what makes me whole. Yeah, so I feel there's like so it, many different facets. It's not yeah, just I mean, one I, thing. I love what you just, all the way from the cooking to the friends to the outside to the practice, it's just all, it's all so human. How about you? What makes you feel whole? Yeah, well, you know, we, we share a lot of things in common in terms of yoga practice and in terms of um, being out in nature, same thing with cooking and um, gathering with friends in real time. And I think what I would add to that that really helps me in terms of my wholeness is quiet. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that I that's something that in my own practice every day that whether it's sitting in meditation or sometimes it's just it's super informal that I'll start my practice just by sitting and just by looking out the window and not doing anything, not doing a yoga practice, not writing, but just being quiet. Or today I was out in the woods and I'll just stop sometimes and just be still and be quiet because one of the things that I've definitely found is I feel like we lose track of our wholeness because we've got so much of a focus on the external world. And through the screens, I think that that experience becomes even more exacerbated where you're looking, looking, looking outside of yourself to tell you who you are. And that is never going to come from the outside in. And so this whole way where I often feel my wholeness is to just be in some kind of stillness or quiet where I'm not expecting a single thing of myself. I'm not expecting a single thing to be other than what it is. And so sometimes in that quiet and stillness, you know, my mind might be racing away or I might be having all kinds of insane thoughts or feelings. And again, as you do, I have a mindfulness practice is just to be able to be with that and, and to still be okay. And I think that that's, that's something that I see a lot that I think takes from people's wholeness is I see more and more how afraid people are to be alone and quiet and still with themselves. Like I hear that a lot from my college students who can't sleep without something on at night when they're going to bed, like the TV usually. And when I ask them why that is, they always say, because I can't stand the stillness. I can't stand the quiet. And, hmm. I, you know, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love the quiet. Me I require too. that. I love I'm kind of outgoing and I love getting out of my house, but I also need that really quiet time too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's where personally I find the wholeness is beyond, because I love all the same things that you do in terms of the daily practice. But Mm. even beyond that, I think that everything that we're doing is to get us back to that still, quiet, whole place that doesn't depend on anything outside of ourselves. And I think that that's one of my biggest concerns sometimes when I look around is that especially with kids, I just feel like they're not, they're not getting the opportunity for that experience. You know, whereas before when we were little, we just used to run into that, you know, that you would be Mm. outside playing or you'd be bored on vacation and you'd just be like sitting on your bed or sitting in the, on the couch and kind of looking out. But there was like a quiet that was there Mm. that I felt like was sort of turning us back to ourselves and so that's one of my questions always is that like if you don't get that when you're little will you know to look for that and given the culture that we're in right now where are the where are there the reflections of that Mm. and so that that's one of the things that I would say to any of the grown-ups who are listening is to really find ways to get with yourself in a quiet way. And it doesn't even have to be like a meditation or yoga class, right? You can just sit there with a cup of tea and look out the window. Yeah. I've been enjoying watching the birds lately, but I love that idea of just being quiet and letting it be okay that you have these thoughts coming in and out of your brain because they will. And also just being yourself. Yeah. That's like really kind of profound yeah (laughs) like just being like oh I'm Susan I'm Patty I'm just not doing anything I'm just being right I don't have to justify my existence and I don't need to fill up every moment of my time with something to feel alive because that's another piece of this thing too is how many of our kids don't feel excited or alive unless they're being stimulated by a machine and that's an addiction that's Mm. not that's not an experience of aliveness that's an experience of addiction so i'm just so aware right now is like all of these last comments are coming out of our mouths what an enormous topic it is it's huge to be talking about technology and to be talking about being a human in this in this time period it is. We're living in really interesting times, unprecedented times in so many ways. Yeah. And the technology is a big piece of it. Yeah. And I just keep my, my biggest hope right now is that this will be exactly the thing that will ultimately move us back to our wholeness because we will through what it is that we're losing, that we're going to begin to make the turnaround and say, no longer willing to be less than whole in in our lives and in our lives together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, once again, Patty, I can't. I could talk to you for like hours. <laughs> I could too. <laughs> but we are at the end. So, do you want to let people know how they can be in touch with you? Sure. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at pattypraymari at gmail dot com. That's P A T I. P-R-A-Y-M-A-R-I at gmail.com. My website's under construction. So email, Facebook, or Instagram is, uh, is where I'm at. All right. They'll find you that way. Thank you, Patty. Thank you. And as always, when we can remember what matters most, we create lives that we can feel good about and that serve as a contribution to the world. 
And if you'd like to hear more about what I do, please go to my website, rememberingwhatmattersmost.com. Thank you, everybody.